Welcome to the Wildcast Podcast, coming to you from Wildcast Studios with your hosts, Adam Lund and Jeremy Boucher. Welcome into Wildcast Studios for the Halloween episode of the Wildcast Podcast, presented by Alpha's Appliance Solution. Right now, they've got the Autumn Kitchen Suite Savings Event until tomorrow. Uh, Purchase any two qualifying Whirlpool Kitchen or Maytag appliances, save $200. Purchase any three, save $300. 25 Halifax Street, 506-858-5111. As always, fan listeners, I am your host all the way from AFC Richmond, Adam Lasso, and I am joined here by the writer of Rocket Sports for the Hockey News, your favorite co-hoster and employee of Dick's Morning Wood Services, Mr. Dick Boucher. You survived the Halloween party, sir. I, I, I did, yep. Just barely? It was... Uh... How did your... <laughs> I can't drink like I used to. No, you find that out, eh? I, uh, once you get to a certain age, uh, things start to go a little downhill. You can drink like a 20-year-old until uh, you drink with 20-year-olds? Yeah. 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 And uh, I, I decided to attempt to drink like I was 20 years old <laughs> on Friday night. Um, for the most part, it went really well. Right. Until the kids who were at the party decided to jump on my back and start bouncing on my back. When you say kids, you mean... Like actual children? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. was, it was a family affair. Oh, okay. Um, so I had like five kids jumping on me. <laughs> and uh, as soon as that ended, I had a very... Uh, uh, vomiting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that, I was I was absolutely shocked to see you at the game on Saturday against I Quebec. I was not in a very good condition. Uh, it was very hard. I was. Uh, I still felt it. I even made it to Avery swimming class at eleven o'clock on Saturday morning. Wow, that's even better. It was uh, quite uh, quite the accomplishment. Yeah. And believe it or not, I actually felt better at swimming than I did the entire hockey game. Probably because the humidity from the swimming pool and everything was yes. just cleaning out your pores and cleaning out your system. Yeah, that's very possible. Yeah. Yeah. Are you I excited was... for uh, your dad tax tonight? <clears throat> Dad tax, it's the best. Yeah, I love dad really. tax. It's the it's the best part about Halloween, and it's even the part where oh look, we're walking, and you're just gonna <laughs> ugh, dump, take my hand in, go right into the bag and pull out whatever I want. She got a bag, or is she going with pillowcase? Oh, old school pillowcase for school. sure. Yeah, I said that. I said that we were shopping. We got the house all decorated, ready for kids. They even sent out a request to our family, uh, or not our family, our. Um, Neighborhood, like, how many kids do you guys get? Because we don't live where, you know, there's homeless and meth now. Um, <laughs> it's more of a family family uh, environment. And people are like, oh, we get between 60 and 80. And then some answers were, eh, about 110 to 130. I'm like, holy crap. Holy crap. So instead of giving out, like, eight, nine pieces of candy per kid, it's going to be two. Got to be stingy. But we got the house all decorated. Yes, and then nice. it snowed because, you know, why not? But, uh, yeah, have you heard? The, oh, I can't remember what it was now. It's like the something switch and where the kids bring all the candy home and then they don't get the candy. They actually get a toy instead. What? Yeah. I, I saw it on TikTok and I can't remember what it was. And it, it left my brain as soon as it, and there was like trunk or treat where people just park their cars in a parking lot. Oh, yes. Candy. Yeah, yeah. Is that a, a thing? A lot of churches do trunk or yeah? treat. Okay. Yeah. That was, um, th- there was a huge trunk or treat at the Coliseum a couple weekends ago. Uh, which was weird because it was a couple weekends ago. <laughs> no, there's, I probably, I know of at least five churches that did a trunk or treat. Um, 
over the weekend, this past weekend. Oh, okay. And there's a, I'm not sure if they're doing it this year because I don't live in the North End anymore. But uh, Glad Tidings Church, if you go up towards the casino, it's the one right across from the uh, home hardware, Magnetic Hill. Uh, they always have like a uh, a trail in the back of the church yeah. that you can follow. And there's different little things at each. There's like, let's say five or six uh, stations and you get treats at each station. And last year they given out bowls of chili and stuff to the to the parents what? and... Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, again, I don't live that part of town, right? But uh, anymore, but it was a big hit last year. There was probably a good couple of hundred kids there when we stopped in, and uh, there was a yeah, there was like six or six stations, and you get treats at every station. Huh. And it felt like Avery didn't have much until we went there, and they were just <laughs> in in her bag, like at every you know every little place and right i remember one year we took Haley to and of course this is calgary where it's like minus 20 and by the time you get to halloween and it went to um chinook center yeah had like a bunch like the mall had all the stores had uh obviously candy and stuff like that you could it was one of the cooler events to do because a the kids get to wear the costumes because mm-hmm. they're not in um not in snowsuits but it was working today and people are like oh it's just too bad that it it rained or it's full of snow for all those kids kidding me i had costumes in double xl to get under my <laughs> snowsuit i survived you probably did too oh those are the best days yeah when halloween was like minus 13 yeah. and now it's not not minus 13 no no there should be a little bit of snow on the ground for the kids nice I'm trying to remember there was a house um i think it's over on charlotte street or up in drummond street i think okay um Hang on. That's the school. No, it's over off of Rosdale Avenue. Um, it's right on the corner um, over by Valley View Park and in behind the Arnold H. McLeod School. Okay, yeah. And they've got a whole setup all done up, and you pay, like, tickets, and they um, you go through, like, a haunted area in the backyard, and they take that all the, the proceeds for that, and they donate it to, like, kids' breakfasts at schools and stuff like that, so... Um, if you happen to listen to this and you want to get, uh, go down there, um, obviously that would be greatly appreciated for them because we drove by yesterday and I was like, someplace I'll never go Yeah, (laughs) because I don't do, uh, haunted houses literally at all. Like I decorate my house for Halloween and that's about it and, uh, give out candy. So I'm excited to get, see how many kids we actually get because a little bit of a nicer neighborhood. You'll be here tomorrow or today when people hear this. You come trick or treating or what? I could probably fit it in. All right. Yeah, we're doing uh, we're doing Royal Oaks. Oh yeah, that's where we're gonna do the old trick or treat. Yes. So uh, you're going for the big chocolate bars. We're going aren't for you? the big. Yeah. Oh, we're going for the yeah, yeah. two liter jugs of orange crush <laughs> yeah. and yeah. the and the full size chocolate yeah. bars. Yeah. So just swing in, hit here, swing back out, and uh, yeah. How many houses do you hit in town? Uh, this will be the first year we do Royal Oaks, yeah. so we're probably last year we, we might have only gone, went to. It was a little colder last year. It was I think. Yeah, maybe twenty five houses last yeah. year, but uh, Royal Oaks is a lot more, uh, a lot more going on. So, so hoping for a big, uh, a big, a big return on the dad tax. You're not, um, you're not going to head to your old prison and trick or treat in through there. No, no, I don't <laughs> think we'll do that this year. Uh, we'll, um, 
I'd, I'll, was that a call for Dick's Morning Wood service? It, was, it was definitely a call for <laughs> Dick's Morning Wood service. That was an appointment, was it? <laughs> You'll get that after? Uh, no, well, um, if, if I can avoid that part of town for the rest yeah. of my life, I would. <laughs> uh, did you watch the outdoor game last night? I watched the first period. Yeah. I, uh... Uh, I also uh, had no idea that McDavid was coming back. So that leads me to believe that the injury was fake. Oh, my God. And uh, he was actually just channeling his inner WWE and probably needed some time <laughs> off to film a movie yeah. or a commercial. Or commercials. And then uh, shockingly makes uh, an appearance uh, a week later after supposed to supposedly supposed to be out uh, week to week. So uh, it was definitely a fake injury. Uh, <laughs> and you heard it right here first. Uh, he's perfectly fine. He was off filming a movie or a TV commercial. You're not alone with not knowing if he was going to show up because I didn't know he was going to show up, and that's the whole reason we didn't do the bet. I turned uh, it on. I was like, "What the hell is he doing?" Yeah, he didn't play the two games before. He was he was out all week, and I guess we'll see if he keeps playing. But yeah, it's uh, again big fan of the events over here. Um, he wishes he was there, but uh, a little annoyed that uh, Nickelback only played like two songs in the second intermission. I was like, "Don't advertise them," and then get stuck with Ron McLean talking to the old three. Oilers, and by the 03 Oilers from the first game, I mean George LaRock. Nothing against him, but it's like you got all, you got like all the players on there, and he just spends the whole time talking to George LaRock. Yeah, the, the Calgary Flames, uh, I, I didn't like their overalls. wasn't a big fan of that. Uh, <laughs> to me, idea, to me eh? it looked like it, it looked like the... Little Brokeback Mountain vibe. That, that too, or the Freedom Convoy trying to figure out the next thing to protest. <laughs> You know, it's just had that that look yeah. to it, and the Oilers were fine. Like that's that's Edmonton. Like Stuart Skinner with, he looked like he gets off the rig with that stash and in those uh, coveralls and and hard hats and stuff. But I thought it was cool for. I mean, I didn't like the flame. I was like, what are you doing? And I guess it was Cadre's idea, but um, I thought it was cool as a one off to do something different for both teams. Mm-hmm. I really felt bad for Pelche. Like, yeah. When he this was walking out, that, Layla's just like, oh, it's too bad Pelts is there. I was like, oh, I forgot that he was supposed to be there. Aww. That's, you can tell what the team is missing him. Yeah. There's dick all for effort. <laughs> you know, there's, it's the, I've never been so annoyed. Like, they're, yeah. it's as if they're playing for Celebrini or Eisman at this point. Like, they are in tank mode. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's, they need Pelche back in the lineup. Like, people wouldn't believe. Like, you, Maybe I'm a maybe I'm a homer. Maybe it's because I I know the I know the player and I know what he brings. But man, they're missing some energy. They're missing something. They're missing yeah. a lot of sh- yeah poop. Yep. They're missing yep. it. And uh, I know he's out for a while. Uh, and they could be in a tough spot by the time he gets back because there's not going to be much room to to make up after uh, after Christmas. No, and it's. <laughs> Marquee NHL event and both teams are three and ten coming in and yeah it was it was a good event and it was at least a little bit warmer than it was in two thousand three when it was uh, when it was minus thirty. Don't forget as always you can follow us on the social medias Twitter Monkton Wildcast Instagram Wildcast Podcast TikTok Wildcast Podcast and don't forget to like and subscribe here on the YouTube. We're so close to two hundred subscribers. Click the bell you'll find out whenever the post game shows are and uh, yeah. We just like the support. Um, you want to get some news notes from around the queue? Yeah. All right. News and notes from around the queue. 
Just kidding. We're not doing news and notes from around the league. We got a quick question. I almost forgot that I had one of these. Um, so we're kind of running into some depth issues, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. But two months out to the, uh, I mean, depth issues being tested. So um, we're about two months out from the trade deadline. So we thought, why don't we, uh, we like to talk about trades. We like to talk about picks and stuff like Start that. Start the rumors. Start the rumors. We're not going to talk about what uh, we think will be going out. We are going to pick a player that we want to acquire mm. um, that will help us in the second half, obviously, and even into next year. So do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? No, I'll let you go first. It was my idea. All right. That is perfectly <laughs> fine. I'm going to go get a, white, a right winger. He's an 05. Um, we saw him here uh, about two weeks ago. Um, first round pick, seventh overall. Okay. From the Blaineville Armada. Alexi Bork. I think... Uh, so, first round pick. Yeah. Seventh overall. So, you're probably... 6'1", 180, good size, good speed. Um, hasn't really necessarily lived up to... Nope, to that seventh overall, but... So, you're probably looking at a similar ter- return as to what we paid for Collard. Yep. And you're hoping to get a similar return that we've gotten on Collard so far. Mm-hmm. And I think just that little bit of experience. I mean, he's played 42, 57 games the past two years, respectively. Mm-hmm. Uh, now he's got 10 points in 15 games this year, eight goals to assist. So he's having a better year. The minus eight, that's more the team than him. But um, yeah, I think, I think that's a, that's a decent uh, right winger that we could uh, put into the, uh, to the bottom six. Yeah. And add some size to the lineup. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, like it's not like Blainville is going anywhere in the next few years, uh, so they might as well, you know, try to get some assets to, to build for the future. And I think they'll get a pretty sizable return for uh, Jonathan Fauchon as well. Um, so you think you're um, you'll probably start uh, seeing Blainville, yeah, sell off here at uh, at Christmas. Um, for me, before you go, yeah. do you think uh, what do you think is the biggest? Actually, no, give me a player, and then I'll, I'll ask you that. Yeah, sure. So. I'm actually um, going to stick within the Maritimes division. I'm going to stay close to home here in Moncton. I'm going to go for Luke Patterson from the Cape Breton Eagles. And okay. I'll explain why. Uh, believe it or not, wanted, I actually you got want the, Drew Bear's head to go. I actually got the name and the idea from Drew Bear. No, you didn't. I did. What? I did. Because um, uh, looking at, you know, last year and, uh, you know, being a Telus Cup champion and the season he had with the Flyers and the expectations in Cape Breton. You know how many points he has so far this year? Three. Zero. Oh. Now, that might have changed since last time I checked, but I'm pretty sure it didn't. Uh, so let me just fact-checked myself here before I say anything. Luke Patterson. Uh, Fourth-round pick, 59th yeah. overall. Zero points. Zero points. Yeah. Zero points. Uh, after... Being about point three, yeah, about point. Had point three yeah. points for game last season as a as a rookie. Uh, zero points. Now, is that a result of the coaching change in Cape Breton? Is he not enjoying life under uh, Louis Robitaille? <laughs> so I I think this could be a change of scenery. Come home type of, of trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the chemistry with Lounsbury is going to be there. Uh, those two have played together for 
pretty much their entire lives until they yeah. went uh, separate ways in, in, in the queue. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think if we could somehow put these two together uh, in the, the Wildcats lineup, it could, could do some pretty, pretty good things. And, you know, being a fourth-round pick and maybe a change of scenery, you know, anytime there's a change of scenery needed, it doesn't exactly overvalue a player. Right. You're actually probably getting under. So I think you could probably pull this off for maybe get Cape Breton back a fourth-round pick because that's what they, they paid to get him or used mm-hmm. to get him. And, uh, you know... It, I think that's fair. If you really want to, if you really want him, you can say, okay, a third. And, you know, you probably do a later round pick too. I think you can get this. I think you can get Luke Patterson to Moncton for a fairly reasonable price. Yeah. Yeah. He's playing fourth line right now in, in Cape Breton. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, that's a, that's, I didn't think you were going there. Yeah. No, I, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's the chemistry, uh, the chemistry for me. And, you know, he's a center, uh, probably can play the left wing because Lansbury's playing with uh, Mueller. And Collard, and the Collard MCL right line. Yep. And they are the, – the the only thing that scares me is the expectation to have him come in and play with Lounsbury right away. And, I mean, it, two months before the trade deadline, you don't know what's going to happen to that line. But yep. that line is going pretty good right now. And it is. And, I mean, you could I – mean, you don't have to necessarily play him with, with Lansbury. I mean, no. you could – uh, there's there's probably going to be maybe a body moved out up front. Mm-hmm. That's just my my hunch. I, I I don't know who it would be. Uh, I just see this as an opportunity to you know go and get somebody local that you know you've probably got a pretty good rapport, knowledge, yeah. you know, knowledge and understanding of the player and the family uh, and. You know, if, if it happens, it um, it uh, might be a good time for you know the uh, the Patterson family to get a new front license plate because <laughs> uh, uh, you know there's there's only one uh, black SUV that drives around the north end of Moncton with a uh, Cape Breton Eagles uh, front <laughs> yeah. license plate. Yeah, and uh, if I were to bet it, be a betting man, I'd probably say that was the Patterson's family. And uh, you know, it's it makes sense. I mean, it's it wouldn't cost much. It's not going to cost an Alexi Bork with, you know, nothing nope. towards you or anything like that. I, I, it would be a simple. So these uh, are both trades that they could get both players and kind of fix the, not fix the bottom six, but revamp it going into next year when like, it's not like we put pick two trades that it's one or the other. You could mm-hmm. get both of them if, if you wanted to, if you wanted to, yeah. you could. Uh, Interesting. We didn't pick a defenseman. At this point, where do you put him? That's you. Well, you'd have to move a defenseman out to move yeah. a defenseman in. You've got a defenseman yeah. who's, if he's lucky, gets to play warm up, and then, yeah, you know, he he could probably give us a solid review on the popcorn at the Avenir Center at this point. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, it's um, yeah. it's it's come to that point where if you want to see him on the ice, you're if you're if you're if you're there to watch him, you might as well go to warm up or go to the escape of the cats because that's probably at this point the only time you're going to see him on the ice. Yeah, they've stayed with six of you know barring injury. Yeah. They've stayed with the the same six. You've already had one go out to the BCHL. I don't yeah. think you want another one. Uh, but I also understand there's it's tough to find ice time at this point uh, when you're when your six are are playing fine. 
But and that's, I mean, we're one injury away, and we're not going to yep. go and pick. We're not going to go change the whole team because at some point, sometimes changing trades is or making more moves than you need to can sometimes wreck a dressing room. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the first domino to fall in the trade deadline? Do you think? Do you have an idea yet? Like here or no, no, in in general. In general. In general. I think it all depends on the team Canada. Yeah. You know, your Tristan Luno will eventually be sent back. He's still with Anaheim. And if the fact that he's still in the NHL is a pretty good indication he'll make Team Canada. Yep. Uh, Sam Sabah's injury could have, you know, a pretty – probably won't, will, probably won't make it. You know, let's put it that way. No. But I think um, – 20 rolls can be traded anytime. And um, I got to look at it probably Michael Horth in Charlottetown. That's a pretty good return. You get I mean, for... some team is going to overpay for him. He's, he's a 20, right? He's legit rental. He's going to be a six month player There's at the most. There's a team that needs an extra 20 that wouldn't mind, that enjoys goal scoring, right? Yep. They had pretty good success with it last year with uh, yep. three 20 year olds. So, yep. And they've got that spot for it. So it just seems to make sense. And mm-hmm. you can kind of rebuild. Moving that, but I, yeah, I, I think it's one of the, like it's got to be the two Gatineau players that kind of, I don't want to say set the market because they're completely different situations. Like, Vero is going to get a hefty return, whereas Savoy, based on the injury, the return might be a little less than or a lot more conditions. Well, moving I, into it, Sam Savoy and, and 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 Luno will be your Bo Grew and Jared McIsaac. Yeah, you know it's. Yeah. Like these guys were, Luno was a first overall pick, and Savoy was a third, third, third or fourth, maybe not. I forget, but um, no, it's, like they're it's not Moncton, so you don't need to remember. They're going to get similar returns, right? So it's uh, fourth round pick, not Savoy. NHL fourth round pick, fourth overall, fourth overall. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. fourth <laughs> overall. Yeah, because that was that year that they had three of the top four picks, right? Yeah, something like that. 2020 draft? Yeah. So that's kind of like where you're looking at right now. You're you're pretty much looking at Luno and Savoy being similar to, I don't know, a Bo Grew and a Jared McIsaac. Yeah. You know, and it's that, that sets the tone. But the Luno trade, again, he's going to make Team Canada. So it won't be until January till we see that. But the rumors will be out there probably by... Give it a month and a half. Yeah. Whenever the Quebec media just feels like putting it out there. Yeah. Basically. Um, and the Moncton coming up in a couple of weeks, so that's when talks, talks start to, to yeah. start. And they usually finish at the um, Quebec tournament there that's in... Um, the Gatorade Challenge? No. Not the Gatorade. What's in... Uh, Sag- it's in Saguenay. Uh, whatever it's called. CCM? Not... Um, nope. Q-Cup? Not the Q Cup. It's another tournament. Whatever it's called. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Twenty twenty was Gatineau, Luno, Vero, Leighton Carruthers, and St. John, then Sam Savoy, <laughs> Evan Noss, Philion, Pierre Olivier Wa, Noah Warren. Yeah. So that's a pretty good draft for Gatineau. Well, that's how you, that's how you rebuild like real quick. Um, yeah. All right. So now we hit the button. So now we're gonna actually get to some news, uh, news and notes from around the queue. Um, coaching milestones this past week, um, Sherbrooke's victory over the Eagles, Gilles Bouchard recorded his 200th regular season win and 
Also, according to Stefan LaRue, Eric Bayou won his 400th game uh, as the Remparts beat the Titan on Friday night, uh, which he becomes the 12th coach in Q history to reach 400 wins. Um, Central scouting list came out Wednesday. So this is something you're going to want to follow A for Moncton um, because we host the tournament. And sorry, A for Moncton because of the players. B, we're going to have some good players come through this tournament. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's 36 of them from the queue that are named. Um, so far, Gabe Smith, Keegan Warren are the two Wildcats on that list to represent. But, I mean, we were just kind of looking through this list uh, coming in. Sam Dickinson from London. Uh, Tanner Howe from Regina, which I feel like he played last year in the prospects game. But maybe maybe it was – maybe he was part of Team Canada's stuff that I'm th- – getting his name mixed up but um we were hoping misa was coming. i i thought misa was playing but i think he's next year uh maxi masse who's playing pretty well over in uh in Shikutami. like mm-hmm. this is a this is a game if you don't have your tickets and i think they're almost built pretty much full i think for this one you're going to want to go to it yeah for sure which is kind of why we're hoping to get the uh media passport and uh if that's uh, if that happens, great. If not, well, we're pretty much screwed. Uh, <laughs> no, we're we're in for a good uh, a good night of hockey. Yeah. And uh, you know, at this point, uh, will we see a Wildcat participating? There's an opportunity. There's a chance. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that doesn't look very good. The nothing against um, Gabe Smith and Keegan Warren, but when I was looking at players from the Wildcats who could possibly participate in the prospects game they those two were probably the least likely <laughs> i was going to think of uh keegan warren could be an e-bug yep you know he could be right here and we need you to fill you in you never know could be an injury uh i will say that i believe the nhl sleeper central scouting is uh, sleeping on alex mercier yeah because he is a late birthday he's eligible to be drafted he's having a heck of a year uh, and talk about a player who works his tail off. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex Mercier is really playing some spirited hockey right now, which is amazing to see. And uh, to not have his name on that list was shocking, because of all other of all names to be on the list, Jonas Tybell <laughs> is also on the list as being a third year eligible. Whoops. He uh, don't uh, Jonas Tybell. Nothing against him, but nothing against him. But uh, yeah, I like how I can find tickets to this thing. Different. Not a name I was expecting to see on that list. No. Yeah, but uh, no, they're they're sleeping on Alex Mercier. I don't know what they're missing. There, uh, there's going to be a team that um, that's going to like him and get him added to the list and make him a very happy man. For the draft next summer. Yeah, and I mean to see Gabe was a little bit surprising, and I mean he's most likely gonna be making his debut this week as we're kind of running thin on forwards. Um, he he took the warm up in the last game, so um, for him to to get there, or him and Mercier, or they're gonna need some. Oh yeah, this thing is pretty much uh, looks good. Looks good. Come on, Ticketmaster. Zoom in. Zoom in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah, it looks like almost a... I mean, those are not, obviously not released yet. No, those are the black seats up there. Yeah. 
those but, uh, eventually black seats on the sides were are released so yeah, so they will eventually be uh, released yeah we gotta make sure we get that email out uh yeah. real quick whenever that uh whenever that comes up but um yeah i mean do you got any other news i i do yes uh so lane hinckley who was a 2020 first round pick uh has announced his retirement uh, this will. This kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, he posted it to Instagram, uh, saying that uh, Friday morning, which would have been last Friday morning, uh, he was told that his hockey career is over. I'm going to quote this now. So, uh, too many hits, too many punches, too many concussions that I didn't properly heal from. The doctor said my MRI showed there was a 25 millimeter by 17 millimeter lesion. On my brain, as well as other scars that couldn't determine the size. They couldn't determine the size of. Currently, I'm at risk for CTE and early dementia. Hockey is a tough sport. Even though this is the end, it's not how I would like to be remembered by my peers and anyone who watched me play. And he goes on to thank his teammates and the teams that he uh, that he played for. So, uh, yeah, that's tough. Uh, a tough break. Yeah. Uh, for someone that's you know not even twenty years old to have to you know call it a career uh, in a you know a sport that obviously uh, he loves and I remember John Moore doing a pro uh, a story on him when he was twelve years old, wow. you know playing up his age group because he was he was so highly regarded and you know he here we are. Uh, you know, seven years later, and he's got a he's got a call to quits. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's tough because um, you know these are still kids, and obviously it wasn't the way he wanted to to be done. But sometimes it's a little bit easier when it's the the choice is taking out of your hands. Yeah, um, medically, and you know we just hope that it you know kind of heals up and you know can play rec hockey and senior hockey and just, you know, cause he's obviously a good player. He enjoys mm-hmm. playing hockey and just, you know, hopefully his life after hockey is, um, is obviously as good as it can be. Um, team of the week. Should have flipped that transition, but, uh, team of the week was announced. Um, forwards, Marcus Vitacek from Halifax, four goals, five assists in three games. Justin Gill from Bay Como, two goals, five assists, three games. Jordan Dume, three goals, five assists, three games. Thomas Lavois, the Eagles, two goals, one assist. Komarov, no goals, four assists, and three games, basically in his maritime trip. And uh, goaltender Nathan Dervo of Victoriaville, 2-0-1, 9.50 save percentage, and a 1.65 goals against average. Nathan Dervo was your QMJHL player of the week. I felt good for... for uh, you, uh, Jonas or Julius and Lonsberry was like, yeah, yeah, good weeks. It's going to be good. And then I looked at the forwards that were on the team of the week and I was like, nope, not even close. <laughs> I mean, when the two guys in Halifax are putting up eight and nine points in three games, that's going to be, uh, it's going to be tough, but hey, we'll get there. We've already had one. We'll have a few more on there. We'll be there. Yeah, absolutely. Be square. <laughs> All right, let's get to the weekly rerun. Weekly Rewind. So the Wildcats go 3-0-0 over the weekend, bringing the record to 11-3-0-1, which is good enough for second in the conference and first in the Maritimes division. 
Um, which brings, speaking of Maritime's vision, brings us back to last Wednesday, battle of the top two teams in the division. The Wildcats hang on to beat the Mooseheads 4-3. to three. Character win. They held on. You know, everyone was excited. Rightfully so. I'm tempering a little bit because Russo didn't play. He was a late scratch. Um, but you can only play the guys that are on the ice and in the lineup. And full credit to Moncton. Um, because the Mooseheads still have a very good offensive team. And they had 46 shots. Like, yeah. it wasn't like it was, you know, all Moncton all game because Russo wasn't in net. Did, I think Milner is his name. Did he let in a couple goals that maybe Russo would have stopped? Milner! Milner. Maybe. Would it have been a difference? Maybe. But that's not the Wildcats' fault that he wasn't playing, right? That's that's who you get. So, um, yeah, this one was uh, quite the game coming down right into the last, I don't know, 10 seconds. And, uh, yeah, just did you go to bed with a smile on your face like the Grinch? Yes, I did. I, I very I was very happy with that. Yeah. I liked that effort. That was good. Uh, very happy with that game. Anytime you can be Halifax, it always feels good. It does. And I it think really I said does. last week, I was like, uh, this is not a team that's only going to get 16 shots on goal. They're probably going to get 40 to six, forty yeah. to 50. Yeah. And they got, what do you say, 50, 46? 46 shots, yeah. Yeah, so they uh, Jacob Steinman stood on his head, played, uh, played a really strong game. You know, did Milner let in any goals that – Rousseau would have stopped. I don't know. You know, they yeah. were I'm trying to think if he did. And I'm I... there was a few that, I mean, the Dinoye goal would have went in, I guess, any goalie. Yeah. Motioning would have. He's didn't, didn't he scored, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah. He got the game winner. Yeah. Um, Collard was, I forget that there was a two on, was it a two on one? I think so. So to, to say that two breakaways, he might've got yeah. one of them. Like it, to say that we caught a break with Russo being sick, I, I I have to disagree. You know, there was really no goals that were weak. Uh, but at the same time, I think you can tell that Halifax may, might need to do an upgrade yep. on the old backup situation. Yep. And because uh, that's in a situation like that where your goalie goes down, you got to be out there and you have to have somebody that's going to be reliable and, and win you a game in the playoffs. And I just don't know if Jack Milner's that guy. And no. uh, not in uh, not in this year. Maybe if they if he was there last like yeah if it was last year maybe because we talked about it many times like with Moncton. You these two points come back to haunt you mm-hmm. or not, and and these two points might not make any difference. We thought it was going to be a lot closer last year too, and Halifax just ended up running away with it if they get the right kind of players at the deadline. So. Yeah, I, I, I just I don't think it was Milner in the fact that, you know, maybe at some point Rousseau would have got, but I think it's more so the fact that Rousseau just kind of knows Moncton. Yeah. And how many times in the home opener in the playoffs the Wildcats get down there and they get trying to get that greasy goal and in front of the net and there's a bunch of chaos and somehow Rousseau gets it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where I'm more thinking maybe they, they got uh, – they got a little off, a little bit lucky, but hey, you have to play the guys you're going to play and that are on the, the, the ice across you. And, you know, Valdor's this trip coming up. Moncton's going to be missing three to four guys. So yep. there's no excuses on, on that trip either. Um, congrats to Connor Trenholm, friend of yeah. the show. Been on twice on the podcast post game. 
Um, he had his hundredth point in um, in Halifax, thanks to his dad for tweeting that out, so that we could put that in the show. Um, yeah, and then they come home for two. Um, St. John, they get a 5-2 victory. And Quebec, they get a 5-2 victory. Both back-to-back. Keegan Warren gets his first start at home. Very cool uh, opening um, opening kind of ceremony with his dad dropping the puck. Kind of would have had both goalies in that. It kind of looked weird with a goalie and a captain, but, hey, that it is what it is. But, um, I mean, Lounsbury was the story of the night for this one for me. I mean, that guy... Stefan Paquette set it up in the up in the booth. Like he has just taken his game yeah, next to level. another another level. And yeah. and I said that coming out of the last preseason game that uh, Lounsbury played when he got back from Edmonton, and to you in the Cape Breton, like he is noticeably faster. Oh, 100 percent. Like is he's playing some of the best hockey he's ever played probably yeah. in his life. I mean, this is I've never seen this this side of Preston Lounsbury in any level, you know, ever since I've been, I think the first time I watched him was in, I mean, Timbits, but anyways, (laughs) uh, been scouting him since Timbits. He hasn't played this well since Timbits. Uh, no, he's, he's playing really well. Five year old. (laughs) You've gotten better. (laughs) He's, he's playing really good. He's playing really good hockey and he's got that chemistry with, uh, with Mueller and, and and they're, they're doing some damage right now. And you know, that's, uh, it's, uh, I, I, I'm impressed. I mean, you're I get another player that's Miles Mueller is on another huh. level right now. Yeah, he really wants to be on that uh, Swiss World Junior team again, and I think he's uh, pretty much he's got a spot because obviously he's you know returning player. He's yeah. got a spot, but yeah. man, he really uh, he really wants to mix some, a bigger role in that team this year. Yeah, and, and like you know, I didn't brand him the MCL line. Ken Shea branded it, but we're stealing it. Um, they have just been. So good, and, and like Collard said after, like they've had they had one practice together, and somehow it just clicked. Mm-hmm. And it's literally because they have everything you need in a line: size, yep. speed, and skill. Yep. And you know, I looked for Mueller to have a big year last year, and maybe I was one year <laughs> early. Helps when your mom is a champion weightlifter to get in the the gym, um, lifting weights that don't put on the muscle to make you slower. But you know, the thing that I've noticed about Mueller. Is last year he would make the play where he'd go around and around and around. He tried to find the spot and he tried to make the one pass just a minute too late. Mm-hmm. But he's just he's just going to the net now. And that line, I mean, that's your number one line going into the uh, the week for me. And because of that, uh, the five two victory over the Ramparts and yeah, the victory was awesome. Gives them six straight as they get uh, head out into the road trip. But came at a loss. Came at a loss. Uh, Loshing um, took a tough hit. Couldn't move his uh, extremity on his upper body. Uh, he went right down the tunnel. Um, Moran left the game as well. Neither returned. So you've got, got Carrier, Denway, more than like oh, Kevin Barrett said he's not going on not going on the trip, which mm-hmm. makes a ton of sense in his article. Um, I believe Moran will make the trip. Probably play with the with the cage, but um, that's that's a big loss. And and like I said on. I tweeted it just before the power play. Like, who's going to step up on the power play? Well, Sump steps up and puts two in the net on one on the power play. Gets the energy juice. Like, it was 2-1 Quebec, and I think that goal on the power play from Sump kind of turned things around. Yeah, you kind of get a sense that... Uh, if you remember it from being 
Oh, I was, I was, I was there. I was, I was there. I wasn't. Your eyes were open. There. No, the. Yeah, I think you kind of had the sense that they wanted to win this game yeah. for 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 Loshing and and Mara. and uh, they they really piled it on, um, in that second half of the, of the game, and uh, to me, they they kind of more or less dominated uh, right after that goal. It was it was all Moncton, and uh, no, they are. Um, yeah, with this trip, uh, you know their their depth is really going to be tested. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know they got uh, made, a, made a call up here with uh, Cooper Cormier from from Amherst, and you know we'll see uh, we'll see where he can fit into the lineup and see what he can do. But no, the 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 efforts all weekend were were there. You know the whole conversations that we had a couple weeks ago about. You know, is a change? Is it time for a change? Blah 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 blah. Well, you know, here we are, uh, more or less. Uh, we were we were in fir- we were we were first in the Maritimes division. We wanted the coach gone, and here we are first in the Maritimes division. And the seats cooled a little bit. Yeah, and it's the yeah, the efforts have been there. Yeah. They've they've won some they won some games. They they put that Drummondville effort behind them and. Uh, got back to you know the Wildcats way that you've been mentioning in the in, in the interviews and and that and to a man that's what Trenholm said Lounsbury said Collard said like they they are getting back to tracking the pucks they are getting back to transition and 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 then that's part of the preview is I I literally had it in here I mean winners of six in a row we're gonna be obviously undermanned a little bit but I got a few messages saying that that aged like milk and I said yep. It did. They won six in a row. They got back to the way they can play. And yes, they are playing teams they should beat minus Halifax, but they came out against Halifax and played the way they needed to play and got the two points. And I think the seat is cool. And and I'll be the first to admit it. And it's why we probably haven't had Coach Dan LaCroix on the podcast post game yet because I don't know if I... I have the gall to ask Trevor Georgie, but I don't know if I have the gall to ask Dan LaCroix <laughs> yet uh, to get his thoughts on the games, just as of yet. But, um, I mean, you look at the, the lineup now, and um, I was thinking of this last night before I went to bed in, in terms of what the lineup is going to look like. And the MCL line, that's your top line. I put them right up number one. Uh, Mueller got some time with Denway A. Mercier, and he looked good, but... You can't split up that line. That is the best line going for the Cats right now. Um, you move up Sump. Uh, you have Denway and Mercy on his wings. Um, Trenholm, Smith, and Ogier on that third line. And then the fourth line is Cooper Cormier, Sampson. And even if you want to put Cooper Cormier up and drop Trenholm down on that fourth line, but I think your top six has to be Lonsbury, Clark, Mueller as the top line. Denway, Sump, and uh, Mercier. Yeah, hard to hard to disagree. That's uh, that's probably exactly how you'll see these lines. Because I don't think you can up. have a Samson Delorier Cooper Cormier line, or like that's a lot of young on on that fourth line, right? Well, I mean, if you look at it, the majority of the fourth lines in the league are young. Uh, I mean, you're I wouldn't be against it. You no, know? no, no. But I mean, you brought up Denoyer; he's gone, right? Oh crap! That is right. And Carrier's gone, so. Uh, there's, um, there's, these are going to be, should have wrote this down last night. <laughs> there's, there's going to be some interesting, uh, lineups here. Uh, you know, you could probably do, I got it. It was, it was the MCL line one. Mm-hmm. It was some from Mercier OJ as the second line. Okay. And then it was Tremholm, Gabe Smith and Cooper Cormier. 
And then it was Delorier, Samson, and Glass. Because oh, Samson and Glass, Delorier, they played together in different spurts. I would put uh, Gabe Smith up with uh, Sump and uh, Mercier. At the end of the road trip? Yeah. His first game. I'd... See, I was... Who cares? <laughs> We're not going to... What we want and what they do, two totally different things. Yeah. But there's going to be some different line combos, and I think the only line that stays together is the MCL line. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. yeah, There's no sense breaking them up uh, right now because they're, they're doing some some damage. Yeah. Uh, so Valdor, Ren. I mean, Valdor's two and seven in their past five, I think. They've kind of come down to earth a little bit. Have, uh, yeah, two and seven in the last ten. Randa, that's going to be, I mean, we're going to see them twice in the month. Um, and then Gatineau, I guess you kind of expect minimum four or six points. You would hope so. Yeah. Um, you know, the Valdor game, we should be able to, uh, you know, our, even though we're lacking some, some three, four, three forwards for sure, uh, you know, the top two lines should still be able to, uh, uh, to dominate their top two lines, and it's I guess at that point it's up to the to the bottom the bottom six, and our D pairings are uh, I I give our us the advantage of also I would also mm-hmm. give us the advantage in, in nets as well. So um, you know we've seen that Valdor they don't take a shift off, so you can't really and we saw that here. You know they're they're not a team that's going to quit. They're young and they want to play sixty minutes every night. Uh, so you just have to make sure that your efforts there and convert your chances. I mean, it's I know it's cliche there, but it's um, these are the long road trips. You know, these are the twenty-four hour road trips. Yeah, you're far away from home. Uh, you just have to adapt and uh, you know make uh, make good on your chances. Yep, and I think the game in Ren. I mean, it's going to be one of those like. Steinman's down on his head nights um, because when you look at it on paper, like we are playing really well, but when you look at it on paper with who we're missing, it feels like it could be one of those with what Rinranda can do. And I mean, they're just like us. They're eight and three uh, and one. And then Gatineau, I mean, again, another winnable game, but I'm, I'm excited as excited as I was for the Halifax one. I think I am as well with the Rinranda just mm-hmm. to see how this team plays. And I think, as much as they've got back to transition that these players talked about and, and, and whatnot, you know, we praised Dan a couple of years ago on the guys that were called up and the guys that were inserted in the lineup. They knew their role. They played it well. They knew the system. And that's kind of what you're looking for in this one is how do you bring the guys along without three skilled players? So how do you grit this, this road trip out? Oh, I'll say it right now. I th- put me down for a Cooper Cormier goal. No, nice. I think it's. Yep. Uh, I, th- I think it happens. Um, you know, it's anytime we any other time we've called up a player from, you know, like Deloria last year. He's playing midget. He scored, uh, and Cooper Cormier is having a really good year. He's playing top one of the top lines in Amherst. So put me down for a goal. All right, I'll uh, I'll 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 eat it if it's if it doesn't happen. But <laughs> I'll also I like his um, I, I like the chance of this of this happening. Yeah, and he's playing pretty well in Amherst right mm-hmm. now. So. Um, just one other stat that people have asked me about uh, the podcast post game. Um, they've asked me how many points um, guys have gotten, and I'm not going to go through all of them. But in the 11 interviews, because we had Keegan Warren, who obviously can't score points, but he didn't. I mean, he technically can, but whatever. Um, six goals, four assists, ten points. So 
We had a pretty good streak of uh, five straight interviews. The guy on the interview got a goal or an assist. Um, then we kind of went over for a bit, but Trenholm picked us back up with a goal and assist uh, against Quebec there. So, yeah, it's, again, the Wildcats are being very gracious with their time, and the players are having a fun. A um, little surprise on Collard. Bass on Collard. Going Jolly Rancher. There's Candy. Uh, that was debatable. Yeah. Goddamn Jolly Ratchers <laughs> make a bite one of those too damn hard. You're yeah. going to the dentist. Yeah, I like the tick. I like the uh, the Kit Kat, but Jolly Ranchers like, oh, okay. That's, even even uh, quick Kit Bar, Kit Kat's a little questionable. Really? I'm not a big Kit Kat guy. No. no. At least none of them said candy corn. Thank God. You know, uh, as we record this yeah. on October 30th, you know it's yeah. National Candy Corn Day. Blech. Sorry, that's so disgusting. That was me at the party Friday night. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right, you ready for everyone's favorite part of the show? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. Eric Murray, realtor, buy your house from him. Stick tap of the week. So not only did I have to survive a swimming class on Saturday, yeah, I also had to survive Boo at the Zoo. Oh, you did this last year. Uh, yes, I did. Yeah. And it's coming back again for for another another stick tap because it's unbelievable. Um, I am scared very easily. Um, so there are three rankings. There's not scary. There's somewhat scary and very scary. <laughs> I stayed away from the very scary. Uh, but no, there. Man, this place was packed. Like I had to park at Magic Mountain to get oh, wow. to get into the zoo. Um, and you know the kids are having a great time. They're you know, dressed up in their costumes, and you know the lions were <laughs> having fun. You could hear you could, you could hear them, and yeah. you know they're they're loving if uh, Azara and Azizi were uh, were doing the dirty. Uh, and uh, Simba. yeah, they were. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, uh, no, honestly though, uh, the zoo is the boot. The zoo is really is really really cool. Uh, it's a hit every year. Uh, it's almost like one of those things. It's 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 something you've got to go to uh, because by the time the wild lights comes around, it's dark at five o'clock, yeah, so you can't even yeah. see the animals, and the animals are gone. And yeah. like the animals were ex- actually extremely close to the. I mean, I said the, the the tiger was like walking around and like. <laughs> oh. I probably just a, scared some people. Pissed off tiger, yeah. you know. And well, if uh, you're walking around like that, he probably thought you were the Tiger King. <laughs> I'm never gonna financially recover from this. Yeah. Uh, no, it, the tiger was there. Like the panthers were right by the gates. There, yeah. the panther was like rolling around in his own shit and like <laughs> playing with a pumpkin. And uh, I had a great time. And uh, wild lights coming up in uh, in December, which is always one of those uh, can't miss uh, events too. Uh, I I know it's uh, a little repetitive from last year, but uh, I had to give the Magnetic Hill Zoo a bit of a shout-out. Uh, other than that, um, went to Sports Rock for some uh, yeah. pregame food on Saturday. And? I had the bacon double cheeseburger poutine. Oh. So it's like a cheeseburger, but poutine. Yeah. Lenny's has that. This, I swear to God, it looked like vomit. <laughs> But it tasted pretty good. Um, mountainous, mountain wow. of food. And probably like two pounds of gravy on top of this thing. 
and it's like two so two beef patties like chopped up with like pickles and the pickles on a poutine was actually pretty good hmm. i liked it um but being hungover was quite good <laughs> very good food yeah that uh that does lenny's has one of those too and it's actually it's actually it doesn't look appealing mm. but it tastes very good can i get my uh avery joke at this point too yes so obviously uh we lost matthew perry over the weekend oh. And, um, you know, I, I think Matt, obviously Friends was a part of uh, my, my, my childhood. Yeah, that's and where I learned to be sarcastic. A, a, lot of, a lot of people's childhoods. Yeah. Um, it's the ultimate comfort show. Yeah. Like when you're working, when you're doing something, when you're cleaning, whatever, you just flip it on and it's just always there. And that's what it, and so my daughter, she turns eight on Saturday. And so I've got to find it here because... At the same point, I laughed because it's an eight-year-old telling a joke. That's mm-hmm. really good. Yeah. Um, so Megan shows Avery a picture of Matthew Perry, and Megan says, "Oh, he died last night." And Avery says, "Well, he wouldn't have died if his friends were there." <laughs> and I'm just. You're stunned. What? <laughs> what did you just say? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, it's sad, but... That's that's a good joke. Yeah. And you know what? Solid. The character that he played, he would have made that kind of joke. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, that, yeah. Is, that is good. Uh, I just think it's good. ironic how last week on the show, I made the reference of pivoting with yeah. the blow-up doll. Yeah. And then did that survive? I turned it into a dummy. Yeah. So now it's a dummy wearing a flannel shirt with a pair of jeans and a bag over her head and her hands are duct taped together. Yeah. But it survived. Oh yeah. It's, yeah, it's nice. gonna make it. <laughs> the stick tap of the week, sponsored by Eric Murray Real Estate with the Remax Avante team. If you're looking to buy or sell a home in the greater Moncton or surrounding area, make sure to check him out on social media or give him a call at 506-863-8802. Uh, I want to give an honorable stick tap to the Wildcats oh. for finally, after three years of me begging, asking, Tweeting, Instagramming, showing videos. They finally showed the walkout. The Not the whole walkout, but they showed the walkout from most of the players all the way out on the ice. It was chef's kiss. It was mint. That is the standard on October 10th in Charlottetown. And from here on out, I was so... You can hear me screaming in the video. They showed the walkout. <laughs> it just makes that look so much better than a black screen. Uh, but that brings us to the Wildcast Wildcat of the Week presented by Rosemary Lynn Massage and Spa. Right now, buy one spa service and get one 40% off uh, from now until November 20th to book that. And they have the loyalty card. So when you book that, you also get a stamp on your loyalty card. Uh, hit them up at 1224 Mountain Road or 506-830-1224. Restrictions do apply. Both services must be booked at the same time. Massage not included. Promotion may be discontinued at any time. Management reserves all rights. Got it in. <laughs> Got it in. Um, I mean, this is a player that uh, found his groove in the month of October, um, especially this past week. He had two multi-goal games in the three, 
He's averaging a point a game in the month uh, of October. He had back-to-back breakaway goals in Halifax. It just kind of got the team going as well. Got the team really going in that uh, Quebec game after the power play was had lost Moran Loshing. Um, I mean, what more can you say? When we talked to him, he talked about finding his game and getting adjusted. I think he's kind of gotten adjusted. Your Wildcats Wildcat of the week is number 26, Sump Pump. Julius Sump, that'll do it for uh, this episode presented by Alpha's Appliance Solutions. They've got the Kitchen Aid. Come on, Internet. We had a power outage. That's why we're powering through. Kitchen Aid, cook up the savings event uh, till tomorrow. Multiple uh, purchasable savings of three. KitchenAid Major Kitchen Appliances, $300 for $400, for $500. Don't forget the Wildcats are on the road this week, Wednesday and Thursday. The games are at 8 p.m. our time. And then they got Gatineau on uh, Saturday at 5 o'clock our time. Oh. Yeah, yeah. There will be no post-game shows uh, Wednesday and Thursday, but maybe I might do a post-game recap on uh, Saturday evening if you want to join on YouTube. So we're saying a little 8, eight o'clock? No, five o'clock. Uh, probably about eight o'clock by the time Gatineau game's done. Maybe fit it in. Nah. Maybe I'll fit it in. Maybe see you'll see Jeremy now on the YouTube. So don't forget to like, subscribe, oh. and click the bell. Is that the Flyers game? No, oh, crap. Never mind. I'm going to be doing the Flyers game. So go watch the Flyers game, and I'll be doing the color uh, for that one as well with Mike Sanderson. For Jeremy, I'm Adam. See you next week. My name's Dick. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wildcast Podcast. Follow us on social media at Moncton Wildcast. Thank you.